Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. I cannot tell you how many emails I get from women who want to increase their libido. Well, today we're talking to an expert who has some solutions to those challenging arousal issues. Also, answers to your questions. How do you find a good guy who knows how to please a woman? Tips for keeping a relationship hot. And how do you go from a rebound hookup to something serious? All this and more. Thanks for listening. My friends at Joe recently asked me which of their products was my favorite. Obviously, that's really hard to say. They have so many options. I mean, am I supposed to pick the organic? I mean, I like that, the silicone, the flavored. So they're watching me struggle to pick just one. And then they interrupted and said, okay, Emily, if you could make your ideal lube, what would it be? Well, what a question. But then it got intense. They said they would actually make it. That's right. They would make a lube that I want. This is literally a dream come true for me. So I said, yes but on one condition. They had to consider your input as well. So here's the deal. I need you to help me create my dream lube. To be a part of my dream team, go to sexwithemily.com slash dream lube and take our short survey. With your input, Joe will create the next great lube in their amazing lineup. To sweeten the deal, Joe is giving away prize packages to 10 lucky participants. I know you're thinking, but Emily, that's going to take a while and I need lube now. No problem, hot pants. Go to my store on sexwithemily.com and shop the entire Joe collection, including the amazing Natural Love USDA Certified Organic Family. Couldn't be any easier. Buy Joe lube for now. Take the survey to create my dream lube for later. It's all on sexwithemily.com right now. Into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where you can do so many things there. Go to the website. You can subscribe. We make it so easy for you to subscribe to the newsletter, follow us on social media, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. We love when you do that. And you can also go shopping in our store, which I just spent a lot of time curating the homepage. So you can see like my favorite things that are right there on the store. And also, don't forget to check out the amazing content that we put on the site every day. We're always updating it. And it's fun stuff that you will like. Because I know you like the show, so you will like the website. So check it out. And everything's... I'm getting Italian. I don't know why. Don't go to Go to my website. Oh, and it's all <laughs> on social media. So there's that. Okay, I've got some things going on this week that I need to talk to you about. Okay, my first thing is, so I had a fun night last night. I went out with Mr. Skin. If you don't know who Mr. Skin is, he's been on the show for you a lot, I guess, over the years. And um, he has a website called MrSkin.com. And he's like the guy who like, seriously, he was like a kid. And he, like, he has an encyclopedic memory for 
naked actresses. So he could say to you, oh, yeah, minute 22, like Phoebe Cates, you know, boobs came out. Like, that's always like the classic scene in Ridge Run High. And he was sitting at, a, this is his story. He was sitting at a bar one time in Chicago, like kind of down on his luck and kind of feeling like he was like doing a job he didn't love. And he was hanging out with buddies and they were like, he's like, yeah, dude, you should, it was all like on VHF. He's like, well, this scene and that scene. And, and there's like a producer sitting next to him for like a radio station. He's like, wow, like you, you know a lot about this stuff. And he's like, that sounds like, can you come on this radio show? So long story short, he went, goes on this radio show and that's like becomes his life. And then this producer went to work for Howard Stern and Howard Stern loved it. So he's got this great site. If you're interested in any, seriously, any famous female celebrity, like famous for anything, she's probably been naked. And if she's been naked, she's on Mr. Skin's site. Besides that, he's a very good friend. I've known him for years. Friends with his wife, friends with, you know, Chicago, like good Midwestern roots. So I love him. So he was in town last night and he hosted a show on Showtime that's, it's actually premiering, I think it premiered like last week and it's called, so we went to the big, the world premiere it was called, uh, X-rated the greatest adult stars of all time. So I think it's airing on Showtime right now. You can check it out, but we were there and it was fun because there was like tons of porn stars there. If you're into that sort of thing. Um, I loved that my friend Joanna Angel, who's been on the show with me a lot, she was one of the top female stars of all time. Um, and so he, like Mr. Skin narrated, he was not, um, a porn star in his past life that I know of. But it was interesting because you always heard about like John Holmes and his big penis, but you actually like, wow, like his penis was really friggin' big, you know? Like you're like, how did, and then all the actresses who slept with him came out. And so it, it was, it was fun. So anyway, I met this, you know, X-rated and I, I like porn just like everyone else. In fact, one of my goals has been to try to watch more porn. Um, as part of all my like somatica work that I'm doing, it's like must watch porn, must try these eight sex toys. Um, which actually stresses me out just like it might stress you out because you have to turn in like a report for work, you know, some kind of spreadsheets. Actually, that to me seems harder than them. It's almost as hard for me sometimes as getting through all my sex toys. But um, watching porn, so I watched, I was like, oh, it was interesting. Truly, like they had, like Marilyn Chambers and Behind the Green Door and like all those classic films and like how all these women like, you know, were groundbreaking in their own ways and and and. It was very interesting. Like women are like, I went off script or I wasn't going to shave my bush or I was the first one with a tattoo, you know, and, um, and eventually everyone had tattoos. Um, it was just, uh, it was, it was, there was some men in there. They had to throw in men, I think, so they wouldn't feel, but you know this show. Like if I was the editor of the show, I'd be like, not too many men. Because I think even men don't want to flip around and watch porn. They want to see like more of the women. So it was, it was cool. It was good to see, um, who else doesn't know that? I feel like a lot of people that have been on the show were also the porn stars of all time. Um, Jessica Drake who's making a lot of statements lately. Political statements are in the last few weeks about Trump. She was another one who, he, he tried to grab her pussy. He was, did not successfully grab her pussy, but she was public about that. Um, so um, yeah, it was fun just being reminiscing about uh, porn. And, and it was mostly, it was fun afterwards, to be honest, because I got to sit and drink with some good friends. We got a little buzzed and, um, or for me drunk, I didn't black out. I did not have blackout sex, which I um, shared recently. I, I really don't, I'm trying not to make a habit of that. And, um, and our friend Hernando, who's been on the show bunch. And he actually said that he got recognized, recognized somewhere. He was somewhere speaking and someone came up to him and said, Oh, I know you from the sex with the Emily video when she shot lube in your face. So I'm proud that my friend, Dr. Hernando Chavez now, um, that's what he's going to be known for because shooting lube in his face was a career highlight for me. Okay. So the other story that I've tell you about, which I just found very amusing this week. Um, so, a really good friend of mine, um, as you know, if you're a friend of mine, I love to gift you um, my friendship and my love and sex toys. And so my friend had a baby recently, I guess about nine months ago, and she's, you know, like 
a lot of women we hear from and I talk to and friends, she's just been struggling with her like low libido since child and working and you know like her whole life is upside down she moved she has a baby who's like 10 months old now and she before she got pregnant for her um for I think it was for her baby present I gave her a bunch of sex toys I just gave people sex toys like it's your birthday great sex toys so when die in your family here's a sex toy because to me it's like it brings you pleasure and you always kind of need it so I gave her my favorite cock ring on the planet which is the Mio by Jeju, which I wish it's on my website, but we can't, we don't sell them, but it's still my favorite. I forgot, I forgot to give her one, but forgot I had given her one, but it is one of my favorite toys. So she sent me this email and I know she's been lately kind of struggling like with, like she's like, I just haven't been in the mood. And I talked to her and I'm like, listen, and it was, here's the other thing that's interesting is that she truly is one of my closest friends. And she was like, I need to talk to you. And then she called me. She's like, I'm just having problems. I'm not in the mood for sex. And I don't know. And I said, she was like, I'm really embarrassed to talk to you. I said, me? Like, this is what I talk about all day long. She's like, well, well, you know, I just, I feel like you would judge me that I'm not, like me. She's like, well, I know you, but I don't know who to talk to. I'm like, I am your friend. I'm like, have you tried Kegel? This was like, and also she kept saying she was sneezing and peeing. I'm like, Kegel exercise. She goes, do those really work? I'm like, how are you my best friend? And you, I talk about Kegels like 24 seven. Like I've got Kegel balls in my vagina right now. Like, how do you not know this doesn't work? So I'm just saying, uh, it was interesting. And I've been giving her a lot of homework lately. This, I did not give to her as homework, but this is what happened. Here's the story. So I get a text from her yesterday. She says, um, last night, husband was snoring and I made him sleep on the couch and then I couldn't sleep. So I used the $10 million uh, (laughs) cocking vibrator thing you gave me. Amazing. It's not $10 million, by the way. And passed out. This morning, husband comes in holding cock ring, fell on the floor and says, is this your Fitbit? It's not your mom's and it's not the nanny's. I just stared at him and say, babe, it's a cock ring. And he's like, Jesus, your mom held it for like 20 seconds. And then the nanny said something in Spanish and shrugged. And then she wrote, hashtag sex with Emily. So I guess the nanny was like, I don't know what this is, whatever she was saying. And she said it had like, she had used it. Like it had used remnants on it. But apparently no one looked that closely. Maybe they poor I said, he's like, well, babe, the charger's the same. It was a very funny story. Um, so I guess the, 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 um, the uh, lesson in that story is to, I don't know, hide your sex toys. It doesn't matter. It all worked out. It was fun. You have actually better stories. I have so many great stories about people finding my sex toys. So I'm cool with that. Um, but if you want to try that cock ring, it's awesome. It's called the Mio. But you know what's funny about the Fitbit? I actually have a Fitbit. I, I actually lost my Fitbit, which bums me out. Because the thing about, it got me thinking about this, even though this is unrelated to the, the cock ring story, is that when you can track your behavior on something, or you have like a particular device in your life that can kind of help you progress, it reminded me of... Um, of that, like all these like devices that we now have that like have gotten, that have helped me, like for example, wearing the Kegel balls, which I now wear like almost every day and um, like using the intensity that I've talked about and um, for Kegel exercises. And then I recently talked about the Fiera. So um, this also has to do with, oh, I got to tell my friend about this too, another toy she's going to leave around, but the low libido uh, that so many people have low libido, especially, you know, friends in long-term relationships, um, women just struggle with low desire. It's going to happen at some point in your life. Okay. So that's just so you know, you're not the first one. It's going to actually, like I always say, you should prepare for this, right? It's going to happen in your relationship. So the sooner you can talk about sex in your relationship and about what's going on and, um, desire and all that, the better. But a few weeks ago, I talked about the Fiera, and that's a new personal care product, and it's designed to help women improve their libido without drugs, which is awesome when you don't have to take a drug. You just have to, like, put something on your clitoris. 
So I'm excited because we have a returning guest on the show and she's devoted her career to treating all aspects of female sexual health. She's super impressive. So everyone, um, please welcome um, Dr. Leah. She's OBGYN and Chief Scientific Officer of Newell, the makers of Fira. And, and Leah, you've been on the show before, so welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad because I know you're like the go-to person. Like you've devoted your life to helping women have better, you know, better sex and female sexual health. You've done such great work. And I just feel like this topic of, you know, mismatched libidos comes up all the time. And I want to know, like, how common are mismatched libidos? Do you think? I mean, to me, it feels you, like it's everyone. <laughs> but I, yeah, scientifically speaking. You know, I think I think for women in relationships, I think it, it happens to probably almost everyone at some point in their life. You know, women, um, for so many reasons, have changes in their libido, whether it's they're on birth control pills, they are breastfeeding, they're going through menopause or perimenopause, uh, medical issues, medications. There's so many things um, from a physiologic or sort of right. things that are happening to their body standpoint. But then there's also, of course, you know, relationship changes. So women are, and I know you've talked about this on your show so much, women are so much more impacted by everyday stressors. You know, we take on so much as women because we're, a lot of us are mothers and we're working and we're trying to be, you know, good partners and, and life just gets in the way. And as a result, what happens is libido is often the first thing to take a hit. And that's why we see this mismatched libido because- you know, if, if a woman is in a, in a relationship with a man, men don't, you could put a man in a war zone and right. bombs could be coming down around him and he'll still want to have sex. Exactly. And that's sort of where you see this difference. Right. Exactly. That's true. They could be in a war zone. Life is ending as we know it, but he's like one more go around. Right. And women's like the last thing on our mind. I mean, and I just want to highlight what you said here and punctuate that, that almost everyone at most points in their life, like it's, it's okay if this happens. And I always want women to like, just kind of expect this is going to happen. And, you know, we can learn to manage it because, you know, you have to, and don't, don't, you know, I guess the longer you wait too, it can be a problem. So, uh, you know, I think it's great that there's all these, you know, all this talk about it and all the work that you've done. I'm curious. So we're talking about like all these stressors and stuff like, but how would you differentiate between arousal and desire? Yeah, that's sort of the million dollar question. And if you ask, um, exactly, like if you ask the um, sort of cognitive behavioral therapy world, they may define it as something very different than, you know, a physician like me would define it who's more sort of physiologic. So, and that's, you know, this is a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you look at how we classify, for example, female sexual dysfunction, doctors like me still see a very big difference between sexual desire and sexual arousal versus more of the, the psychology behavioral therapy world thinks of them as one and the same. How can you really differentiate right. between what desire and arousal is? So I think about desire as one step before arousal. It's that impetus. It's mm-hmm. that sort of, okay, I want to engage in sexual um, activity. And then arousal is more, I'm in the act, getting in the act, I'm, I'm feeling that sort of aroused feeling both in the genitals, so sort of in the vagina and the vulva, mm-hmm. and then in the brain as well. So we kind of separate them into two very different things, because if you think about how women are 
impacted. Like, so women who do have sexual dysfunction, they have issues that affect their desire, so their wants to be in a sexual act, and then their ability to respond. So they may feel desire in their head, but maybe they don't feel any genital response, or maybe um, they have difficulty, you know, getting to orgasm because of that decreased arousal. So I really think of them as very different things. But again, this is such a sensitive debate right now. Right. No, it's true. And really, as long as we can help with even, and we're not even saying that everybody needs to understand this, but there's an issue with sex. You don't always want it as much as you, you know, as much as you want to. So we're trying to help people have that, you know, have that excitement and that desire back for sex. Like I always say it's like going to the gym. Like the more you masturbate and the more you have sex, you, you want you want to have it more. Like you know the gym, you don't want to go at first because you haven't been for a few months. And then you start going a few times. You're like, oh, I like the gym. And I'm wondering, is there a medical reason for that? Like the more you masturbate, the more you have sex, the more you're going to want it. Yeah. Not you know, for everybody, but for a lot of people, such, you know? Yeah, you, you bring up such a great point. And that's something that I speak to my um, patients about quite a bit, which is, you know, when you, it's sort of like that positive feedback, right? Like you have a really good sexual experience, whether it's by yourself or it's with your partner or just with, with anyone. And you, you know, you're excited by it. It was a really positive experience. You look, you know, you're like, oh my God, that was great. I want to do that again. So the more you have those experiences, the more you're going to seek them out. It's exactly like going to the gym. I right. detest going to the gym more than anything in the world, but I know I have to do it for myself. And the more I go, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of fun. And I like how I, I felt right. about that. And there, there is a, a, you know, there is a physical reason or a physical thing that's happening, which is it's, it's the reward system. And there's this area in the mm. brain which is called the entorhinal cortex. It's part of our limbic system, and it actually produces these neurohormones in the brain, these neurotransmitters, dopamine and norepinephrine, which are our sexual arousal neurotransmitters. And basically, when those are elevated, we become aroused. And actually, in this entorhinal cortex where these hormones are made or these neurotransmitters are made, we actually have – we're – laying down these positive, positive emotional experiences. So when you have a good sexual experience, you're going to lay it down in this area of your brain, and then you're going to remember that, and you're right. going to want to do that again. So that's sort of what's happening in the brain. That's when we have a good sexual right. experience, we want to do that again. Right, and that's what, exactly. System. I mean, it makes so much sense. And it's like the more you, and I always say like, you're not going to regret it going to the gym. You're never like, God, why did I go to the gym? I could have sat home eating pizza. And the same thing is true for sex. <laughs> but for people who don't have sex as frequently, they always say like my friends are like, well, yeah, it's good when we have it, but I just can't get myself to do it. So I guess there is something to that. Like, you know, even though it was a good experience, it just seems like a, every time you do it, it becomes like, oh, you're climbing up the hill again, you know? So, yeah, you know, there's actually a great, I saw this on one of those um, TED talks and there was a woman who said, you know, you've got to fake it until you become it. And that goes for anything that mm-hmm. could be standing in the mirror saying, I am the greatest person in the world. Right, and eventually right. you'll truly believe I am the greatest person in the world. And it's the same thing with sex. And I, and I talk to women about this all the time, even though you're not in the mood, you're going to, you know, maybe seek out a sexual experience with someone because it's going to make, you know, it's going to make you feel good or it's Mm going to make your partner feel good. Even though you're not in the mood, most women, if they don't have sexual dysfunction will then get into, into the mood. It's called responsive sexual desire. And that's actually how the majority of women will respond over time. 
they will be like, eh, I'm not really, I'd rather go watch TV or knit or, you know, <laughs> right, get do anything else, but then have right. sex, right? <laughs> so that's that. And, but, but, you know, once they get into it, they're like, wait a minute, right. like, I'm enjoying this now. Right. So just getting women to remember that, that they did it. But also, exactly. But how do you know? So we talked about like prescription medications and birth control. I know all those stuff can, can, can also can wreak havoc, but like when, when do couples know when they should seek help? Like when is the point where they're like, okay, I've tried everything, you know? I mean, um, like, well, well, first of all, I should say, like, what do you recommend for women and couples to do to make these improvements if they can on their own? And then when do you know that they need help? Yeah, so that's a great, that's a really great question. So there's, I think before I even answer that, I'll just say there is a difference for women between a normal sexual complaint, which could go along with all those stresses or, you know, medications versus true sexual dysfunction, which really needs to be addressed with a healthcare provider. Um, a complaint could be like, hey, I've got low libido or, you know, I don't, my orgasms aren't as intense as they used to be, but it doesn't really bother me that much and right. it doesn't cause me distress. So that's not female sexual dysfunction. Whereas if you have a complaint and it's really bothersome to you and it's causing you that personal distress, then, and it's, and it's chronic, meaning six months or longer, Okay. then yes, then yes, you really should be talking to it, to a specialist or your healthcare provider about that. But I would say for the people who are just like, you know, I've been in, with my partner now for 25 years. It's just not that exciting anymore. It's like how uh, you do the same thing over right. and over. And right. again, like I'd rather be doing those things. And that's where we talk about, okay, you need to bring novelty back into the bedroom. Yep. So having sex at different times of the day, especially when you're not tired, um, bringing, you know, arousing tools. Like it could be a movie. It could be, Hey, we're just going to go take a shower together. Like people forget to do foreplay. They do Talk to your, yeah. And like, talk to your partner about what turns you on. I can't believe the number of women who come in and say, I'm embarrassed to tell my husband of 20 years that I really want to be tied up or right. that I want to experience, you know, like a threesome, whatever it right. may be. <laughs> right. People like, what are, you are not, for? They like they're, have- yeah. They're, they're afraid to be honest they and open. So I'd say doing like the novelty, you know, sex in different places, sex outdoors, like whatever it may be. Date night is a huge one for women with kids. For some reason, we, you know, we become so invested in our children that we sometimes push our partner to the side because yes. we have so many things we want to do for them. I tell everyone, you must have a date night with your partner if you can at least once a week, if, but definitely at least once a month. Right. For sure. If you can do it once. Yeah. If you can do it once a week. And I, I tell them there are rules. You are not allowed to talk about your children during date night. This is so you good. Get it off the table right. in the first five minutes and then done. So you're talking about each other. So that's important. And then the second thing is, you know, um, really just, remembering what brought you guys together in the first place. And if you feel like eh, we're just getting a little bored, we have such different lives or separate lives, find an activity that you can do together that brings you closer together. Like, you know, take up dancing or take up, you know, go to the gym together, go for walks together, things like that, that actually increase intimacy in the relationship. Right. You forget, you forget to that as well. Cause you're so busy and you think it's the least important thing, but that's the problem when you don't prioritize. I mean, I get it. Having kids, you know, it does become your life, but your relationship will suffer if you don't prioritize it as well. So by finding whatever it is, they have to sign up for a class. It could be every night we take a walk after dinner, you know, whatever yeah. it is that you do together. I think you're so, you're so right. <sighs> I'm glad yeah. you're talking and about And the other stuff. part is get the TV out of the bedroom. Like that's a big one. <laughs> I People, agree. Like, 
people get so mad at me. My friends are like, you have a TV in your bed. I mean, I'm not a judgmental person, but I'm like, you really? Like, it's such a big TV. Do you really need that? But I, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? So I, like, I'll tell you, I, TVs are, they are like sometimes death to a relationship. I mean, you know, nowadays we're so hyper-connected to social media and television and like Netflix puts everything, you know, at the tips of your fingers. Like, so what ends up happening is I hear, well, you know, I go to the bedroom, I watch a show, I fall asleep. He, you know, he or she is in the other room watching a show and they fall asleep. You know, I hear that this? too. Like, well, we don't fall asleep at the same times. So yeah, I do hear that. Right. Well, you can. <laughs> right. Right. It's hard. It's hard. So, so I would say get the TV out of the bedroom. The bedroom is for sleep and sex. I even tell people no reading in the bedroom, no talking on the phone in the bedroom. The bed is for two things. I like that. And, and, and the phones, sex. leave the cell phones, you know, you don't have to Snapchat your, your, your sex that night. You can leave it outside the bedroom, right? Exactly. Texting, all of exactly. that. Even, yeah, I, it's so important. Okay. So let's talk about now, now I know you're involved with Fira. Let's talk about you. Like, how'd you get involved with them? Because I know I started hearing about them, heard about them like a year ago and they sent to, we've been trying it here and we like to Madison producer and myself. And now I know that you're, um, your role, like you're the CSO of Fiera. So talk to me about, I know you, you get a lot of uh, products and things thrown your way. And so I'm curious about how you first learned about it. Yeah. So I um, was approached by the founders about, I don't know, back in 2012 and they came to me with this idea. You know, I, I do have another role. I do practice female sexual medicine in a university setting. So I have a big practice and they came and said, listen, we know desire and arousal are the two most common concerns in women. We have this idea of taking, I mean, we're based in Silicon Valley. So taking technology and applying it to women's sexual health. And they told me about this product, which would be a hands-free product worn over the clitoris, you know, that would basically enhance blood flow to the genitals, creating this sense of engorgement, lubrication, you know, arousal, genital arousal, which would then trigger desire. So really creating this product for women who aren't always in the mood for sex when they would like to be, which is, again, is the most common concern that women have. And at first I sort of, I, I laughed a little bit and I said, (laughs) um, sounds really interesting. If you ever have a prototype, give me a call and we'll, you know, check it out. But I think, and I, and I, they walked out and I said, there's no way they're ever going to make that. (laughs) And they came back to me like six months later and they're like, okay, here's a prototype. Tell us what you think. And I tried it out and I called them the next day and I literally said, if you ever need a chief scientific officer for your company, please think of me. Yes. Because I, I couldn't believe how impactful and effective it was. Yeah. And, you know, I always laugh because I, and I, you know, whatever, I'm very open. And I, I said, no, I told you I was going to try it out. And it was the night my own husband was driving me crazy for some <laughs> reason. Cause we had little tiny kids at the time. <sighs> and I remember calling him downstairs and saying, you know, I don't really want to have, like, I, I was, <laughs> I was mad at him. I'm like, I don't want to have sex with you because I, you're driving me crazy, but I have to try this product. So I'll let you know how it goes. And I literally called back like five minutes later. I'm like, okay, you need to come upstairs now. Like it was one of those things. It was so, and, and I was amazed how fast acting the right? product was. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and so, you know, fast forward to years later, Fiera is a really amazing product. I mean, it's for really any woman not it wasn't made for treating sexual dysfunction so we are not a treatment for anything this is an over-the-counter product any woman can buy it right um at fear.com for example and you know it's for 
hey, I would like to be in the mood tonight, but I'm not, or today, or whatever it is. And our research shows that it's very fast acting, takes about five to 15 minutes to work, increasing the blood flow, again, genital arousal, triggering that brain. And we've now documented this in several studies, which we're super excited about because as you well know, not a lot of consumer products have research to back up their claims. Right. So we're very excited. Well, I saw, yeah. And I want to talk to you about the research because, okay, so I so we've tried it here and I know, um, we talked about it at the show. Like, I know you have to use it several like times. Like it's not like the first, the first time you use it, you, you might feel turned on, but also it's like repetitive use. Like if you use it three times, you're not going to all of a sudden want to be, have sex with your partner for the next three months. Like you have to keep using it, but the more you use it, the more likely it's going to work and continue to work for you. Right. That's yeah. Also- I think I think you brought up a great point before, which applies to Fira, which right. is the, the more <laughs> you engage in sexual activity, the more you're going to be interested in doing it again and again. And I think what Fira is really doing is it's sort of priming a woman to get into the act. And once she does, because of all that genital stimulation that's happening, we found in our so we've now done two consumer studies, done scientific studies, which you know we go to medical meetings and present the data and publish it. And then we have consumer studies where we're really sending the product out into the field. And the most recent one we did in 100 women. And we're asking them to use it, for example, four times within a four-week period. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Four times. Okay. Yeah. So four times. And then we do all of these sort of questionnaires to see how it affects them. And in the study, women came back. And these were women between the ages of 25 and 75. The majority were sort of between 40 and 60. Okay. But they all came back. So like, you know, 89% said my orgasm after using Fiera was more intense and pleasurable. Again, that's because you get this big buildup of blood flow and orgasm intensity is all about blood flow. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And 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 the prolonging it. Yeah. The blood's flowing and then you're having sex, the whole thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Their lubrication was increased and, and more specifically, which is great is that their desire, which is what, you know, they were aroused. 97% said they were, you know, more aroused, you know, like 90% said, you know, I was more in the mood. So we're kind of pointing to when you use it, even the first time. So you can use fear one time only, you'll get that same effect. But if you use it more often, it's like you're priming the pump. So you're sort of getting yourself ready. You're excited. You're enjoying it. You're going to want to do it more often and more often. And the nice right. thing about whether you're using Fiera or just having sex on, without Fiera is that, you know, when couples have sex, it brings them closer together. How We know this, and you, and I know you've talked about this so much. The more couples have sex, the more the relationship actually improves because you're building intimacy. Right. And that's really what we wanted to do as a company is we wanted to bring couples closer together. And that's what we saw in our most recent study that we did. Yeah, which the is, study, yeah. I, I mean, I saw, I saw the, the, um, the results. So that's why I was so interested in talking to you. Like they actually thought about sex more often. They were more in the mood for sex. They were ready. Exactly. You know, yeah, they had more of an emotional connection. I mean, that's pretty amazing because, like, up until this point, because it's not like a vibrant, you're, like, wearing it. Like, I've tried a few times. I definitely, like, wanted to keep going. I'm not sleeping with anyone regularly right now, so I master. I have tons of toys, so it was great. I'm like, this is a great time to try out, like, 10 toys because I was very turned on. But I get it. It's like yeah. it's not giving – but the thing I like about it as well, though, for women is that it's like – because, you know, we give advice, like, you know, you should meditate, take the stressors out of your life, like – 
breathe deeply, watch a porn. This is almost like easier. Like it's almost like you plop it on. You don't even have to know that you're like you put it on and you it's a little like the device is really cute and then it pairs and then it pairs here. It sounds like a Bluetooth device, but it pairs <laughs> to your clitoris, pairing. But then you lie there and it's almost like, I don't know. I just like that it's like a, it almost becomes like a ritual, like a five minute yeah. ritual. And then in your mind, you're like, okay, I know this is like you start associating it with like, this is going to bring me pleasure. I'm going to have sex. Like, it's almost like the easiest thing I've, I've found that, that works. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, that's so yeah. great. It, it's so great to hear that. And I'm going to tell you, you, you sort of you keep hitting the nail on the head with this, which I love, which is you have to be, there is a degree of being mindful, right? So right. again, women are such multitaskers. We're like, right. So no, I multitask. Like, like I put it on and I was like right? reading, reading something. Like I was like, okay, I, like, I got to try this. They sent it to me. Like literally, right. <laughs> I was like, I could do this for five minutes and then read this email, you know? But then I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I, so, so, so many women will say, my patients will say to me, well, you know, I'm, and they come to me because of a sexual concern and they'll say, well, during foreplay, you know, my partner may be performing oral sex on me and I'm thinking about the email I have to write and the, the thing I have to do and the kids homework I have to check. And I'm like, and you're wondering why you're having difficulty achieving orgasm. And I think what this product does and exactly what you said, fear is great at, I think women are saying, I feel like I'm more mindful. I'm more like I'm putting this on and I know it's, it's to get me ready. And right. I've had people, this is so funny. I've had people say to me, well, can I put it on and go make my kids lunch? Can I put it on and go brush my teeth? I'm like, well, you could, but I don't recommend it because we want you to be in the mood. Right. About exactly. Coming. You kind of got to be laying down. Exactly. And it, right, that's true. You really can't walk around that much, but but you should. Right, you're so right. You're right. Can I do it in the car driving? <laughs> Can I do it five minutes before I get home? No. The point is, we want you to relax, but it's like such a tangible thing. Like, no, I, I get it. It totally. I think it's cool. I think it's great that there's something out there. Like, I hope you know. I, and I think it's good feedback you're getting. So I'm I'm excited. You know, I think the study is really good. I'm glad you're involved. We're involved Thank here. You. We're all invested. Yeah, it's 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 been the most exciting thing I've ever. I mean, I've been in this field of sexual medicine since 2004, and I, I've done so much in my career, and I I am so proud of being involved um, with this product, Vera, and also with this company because I think, you know, to take again to to be part of a consumer company that is so invested in women's sexual health, yeah. women's overall health and wellness, but also for me, I mean, when I took this job, I said, there's one, the one caveat I have is that we must back up everything we do by science yeah. because that's, what's going to set you apart. I mean, you can go to the store and buy any gel that says, okay, it's an arousal gel, but let's see some data that shows that this actually exactly. is doing what it says it does. So that's, yeah, I that's like what it. Well, good. Well, it's so good to talk to you, uh, Dr. Leah. Let's not let as much time pass. As we did. I would, I would love I would you to love call to in to again. again. It's so Thank great. You. Thank you. Okay. Well, keep us posted on everything and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank thanks. You. Bye. Bye. Um, you know, what's so great. This got me thinking about the habitual way that I like the intensity. Okay. So I never thought about it. So the intensity is the product that actually does your Kegel exercises for you. And and, you know, you, all, you guys all know I'm wearing the Kaggle balls around. And sometimes they fall out at inappropriate times. But that's not the issue. The point, the point is this, this in-control device, you lay down in your bed. And I was using it. I'd fallen off the wagon a little bit. I picked it back up again because I love the fact that I have to lie back on my bed. So I have to be lying down. And that 
it actually does it for it. So it's like this bonus that it's like you just put in the, if you guys haven't heard me talk about it, you insert it, it's got selective stimulation. So for women, like you, you could do your Kegel exercises while we'll just walk around the house, but you might not remember that I lay there. And then it became part of me, like of my day. So I just kind of something about having like a tool that you could use at like very specific, like an eight minute period with the intensity or like a five minute with the fear. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I think that works. Makes me happy. Okay. That's all about women having better sex because that's what I want. Okay. We'll be right back. Let's uh, give a shout out to some of our sponsors. I want to answer some of your emails. It's a good day. Thanks. I know there's more to life than looks. It's what's on the inside that matters. I've heard it. I get it. But I'm not going to lie. A good hair day can make everything better. It really does. But here's the thing. I loathe going to a salon for hours to do my hair color. It's just a waste of time. And I tried to do it myself with a home kit, and the results, they weren't pretty. Not only was my hair completely the wrong color, but my bathroom was covered in stinky hair dye that is still there. It's stained. Like every time I look at it, I think, oh, that was the bad hair dye problem. But that was all BMR, before Madison Reed. See, Madison Reed makes luxurious at-home hair color with ingredients you can actually feel good about. Their salon-quality product is the first six-free permanent hair color, free of ammonia, parabens, resorcinol, PBD, phthalates, and gluten. But enough about what Madison Reed isn't. Let's talk about what it is. Professional-quality color available in over 40 shades. If you're anything like me, you have no idea what color your hair actually needs to match. Do you know how many shades of brown there are out there? Like a million. Seriously. But Madison Reed has this super simple online quiz that will help you find the perfect match to your skin tone and hair texture. Their kits are nutrient-rich with keratin, argan oil, and ginseng root. The thick cream color is totally drip-three and smells great. Madison Reed delivers 100% gray coverage and the support of Madison Reed expert colorists who will guide you every step of the way. You can color with total confidence. Satisfaction guaranteed. Oh, and for a limited time, save 10% and get free shipping on your first color kit. Just visit madison-reed.com today and use promo code EMILY. Okay, so now we are on to emails. And if you've been listening, we've got exciting news because it's all changing. Um, If you want me to answer a question of yours on the show, I love that, number one. And number two, so easy to submit your questions now because you just go to sexwithemily.com and you click on the... Ask Emily tab, and you can fill out the form, and you just submit it. However, now when you submit it, there's a box that says, hey, would you like to call Emily and have her answer your question? And how fun is that if you would love to talk and chat? Because I can get into your story and your details and know what's going on with you. Um, We'd love that. Check that box, and we'll set it up, and we'll have a call. We've been having some call shows, and they're really fun. And if you're not into that part of it, here's your third option. So you can either write me the email. You can write the email and say that you want to be considered for a call or leave me a voicemail. And that's 818-ASK-SWE1 or 818-275-7931. As always, I love it when you include your name, your gender, where you live, your age, and your social security number. It would be awesome. Just kidding. Don't give me that. That'd be bad. Don't give it to anybody. Don't ever give anybody your social security number. Seriously. Unless it's like your mom and like not over the phone. Okay. Emails. Here we go. Hey, Emily. So I met up with this guy this past weekend who I met on a social dating site. After talking to him for a while, I realized that this relationship really was not going to go anywhere. 
but it had been a while since I had sex, so at the very least, I was hoping to have some fun. I dropped him off at his place, and he invited me in for a drink. When events transpired, dun, 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 we didn't actually have intercourse because he was so incredibly rough with the foreplay that it was not enjoyable. I actually left with bruises, and I was incredibly sore elsewhere. He really did not seem to care about my discomfort at all. My question is, where are all the gentlemen? Actually, I don't even need a gentleman. I just need someone who's good in the sack. Thanks, Brittany, 24, Burnsville. Where have all the good men gone? I don't know, Brittany. Um, This story is kind of disturbing, okay, because you met him on a social dating site, you talked to him for a while, and you realized the relationship wasn't going anywhere. So... So what does that mean? Like you went on one date. This is why I want you on the phone. You went on one date and um, or you just talked to him on the phone and then you realize, okay, I'll go to his house and have sex. And so uh, you, what you actually went in, you dropped off his place, you had a drink and he was really rough with you and he hurt you and it wasn't enjoyable. So I'm wondering at what point in this, like was any of it enjoyable? Were you in pain at the beginning? Because I would just like you to get out of there. So if you're ever feeling like, someone's hurt. Like you don't have to stay there. Like, I hope you know that. Like, I hope like the moment that it felt weird or uncomfortable, you know, or you weren't liking it that, that you left. Because when you ask me where up all the good men, you know, gone, you're going to be able to find them a lot quicker. Maybe some guys need a little training as well. When you learn like your own response, like if something doesn't feel right for you, like to leave the situation and then how to really ask for what you want. Like that's how it's not like these men are just going to show up and be like a lot of men, like amazing at sex. Like there is not that like, you know, uh, man writing it like your knight in shining armor, because really, like I always say, like women believe like someday my prince will come. And so will I, and he's probably like on some horse riding into the universe, uh, into your universe. And actually great sex has a lot to do with you, Brittany. And it's a lot to do with you knowing your own body and what makes you feel good. And like you're 24 years old. And so and to be honest with you, I'm not going to like ream a whole like the early guys in the early 20s and women, but like you just haven't had enough experience yet. Like you maybe you've slept with a lot of people, but typically your 20s, it's going to be about exploring and learning about sex. So the guys you're with might not know as much either. So um, the guys who are good in the sack are going to be someone that you're going to like, you, first of all, you're going to work on yourself. If you're listening to this show, you know, I talk a lot about like masturbation and pleasure and figuring out what feels good to you and your fantasies and all that. And then you're going to find a partner that you can communicate that with and let him know, you know, what you need. And, you know, maybe he'll teach you a thing or two, but I wouldn't rely on that. Okay. So, um, they're out there and the sooner you get to know your needs, I don't want you to be in these situations yet because it doesn't, I don't like you leaving with bruises. Okay. Okay. Where do you meet better guys? Um, I would say in your life, Brittany, like what, so it's not like you're going to move somewhere and that's where all the guys are, you know, oh my God, they've all been in like, you know, Wisconsin. Like I didn't know that. No, because wherever you go, there you are, first of all. So you, there are plenty of guys around you right now, I promise. And so it's really a matter of you opening up your eyes, like wherever you're at, like, are you, are you someone who's out? Are you on your phone all the time? Like, I'm sure you're out in public, right? You go get coffee in the morning. You're taking the bus to work or, um, you know, like what, what kind of things are you doing? So get off your phone and just start practice talking to people, like checking out guys, like meet him in public. Like, does this look like a good guy? You know, does he, is he not? And just start having that experience of like, I'm open to meeting people wherever I go. Um, let your friends know. Like I always say, like when you're looking to date, and you really want to find someone, let your friends know a great way to meet people is through friends or friends. Just say, hey, I'm single. Like, again, when you're looking for a job, you let everyone know you're looking for a job or an apartment, which I'm still looking for, by the way. Um, But 
Yeah. So let your friends know and then tell people what you're looking for in your life. Like what are your, you know, what kind of guys do you like? What's your, you know, non-negotiables? Um, do you want to have a job? Do you want them to like pets, dogs, have a pig? I don't know. Um, so, uh, do you want like a really nice guy? Like whatever it is, like, like start to figure out like in your past relationships, what you liked, um, what your requirements are. It's important to like know because otherwise you just kind of ramble through life. You just date a bunch of random people. And <laughs> I did this for a while where I'm like, what am I doing? Like that guy was interested in for a moment, you know? And then, then I'm like, ah, so really like pay attention to, you already know at this point in your life, Brittany, probably what you like and what your turn off. So pay attention to that because sometimes when we meet someone that we're attracted to, all the red flags that could be waving, like we don't see them. Like they go flying out the window. So I would just say, um, be mindful. Um, and, and if the longer you wait to have, I know you haven't had sex in a while, but like really like I would say just go home and, and masturbate because, um, it's, I think it's better to get a feel for a guy, be, uh, and decide whether they're a really good person before you like start having sex with them. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think I'm not putting down rules, like have a one night stand or whatever, but typically if you are looking for a relationship right now, it helps to date. If you, you know, get to know the guy, date him, hang out with him, see if he's a good guy, meet his friends. They suck. He probably sucks. Okay. Good luck, Brittany. <laughs> hey there, Emily. Fellow Emily and fellow Wolverine here. Go Emily's and go blue. Love it. I recently listened to your relationship recovery podcast uh, episode with Anderson. When talking about rebounds following a breakup, Anderson brought up a good point about rebounds. A rebound hookup still involves two people, and while one might be hurting and only looking for a rebound, the reboundee might not realize what the other person's intentions are. I think I might have been the reboundee to a guy, I, I like people make up words, uh, to a guy I really do like. We played on a co-ed recreational volleyball team this summer, which brought a lot of great people together, a lot of the girls, myself included, thought he was a very good looking guy, but quickly, um, the knowledge spread that he had a long-term girlfriend. Okay. One night went out for drinks with the team after a game, a comment was made that indicated he was now single. The following week after the game, we were out with the team. He made a strong first move on me. I obviously reciprocated and he came home with me. Obviously. Since then, we haven't had a chance to talk just the two of us. Well, I know he might not be looking for a relationship uh, right away. This volleyball team created a lot of new social circles, and I want to be more than just a reboundee to him, if still possible. Thanks for the advice. Love the show. Emily, age 24, Miami. Hi, Emily, Wolverine Emily. We both went to Michigan. Uh, we've both been reboundees. I've been a reboundee. You've been a reboundee. Okay, so he broke up after a long-term relationship. I just think that um, you're making assumptions here, first of all. We don't know how long. Maybe he was over the relationship before he even got into it. Like maybe it's been like two years coming to an end or, you know, I don't know what situation is, but you, again, like you're making assumptions that like he's not over it yet or he might not, you know, that he's just wants rebound sex. So we don't really know that happens a lot. A lot of times people, the first one, there's no formula here. Like a lot of times the first person they meet after they break up with someone, you know, you could be the, the person he wants to be with. So I, oh, I mean, I just think that you got to go in with this with your eyes open and you said you haven't a chance to talk to the two of you. Has he followed up with you since you guys hooked up? Um, is he being, you know, kind to you? Is he, is he being like, just because he made the move one night where you guys out drinking? Like, I don't want you to like future trip on this and create 
you know, have this become this whole, like, I got to define whether I'm a reboundee or who I am. Like, I think you have to decide if you actually really like this guy. Because first of all, I know that you were attracted to him and then you guys hooked up one night and that's all, that's all we really know right now. So before we got, start putting in like labels and all that, I think that you just got to go out with him again. One-on-one with, I know it's a team. So I actually want to join your team. It sounds so fun. What are you playing here? Volleyball? I can't play volleyball. I suck at volleyball. But um, I know community, that's all fun. But again, I just have to see. You'll notice by his behavior. So does he reach out? Does he say, hey, Em, that was so fun. Let's the two of us get dinner. Or is he like after the games when you're all drinking, he's like, come on over to my house. And then you don't hear from him. Then you know he's not looking for something serious right now. So I still think you need a little bit more time. But there's nothing that you can do except for just keep doing being you and keep your life and keep your friends and your independence and all that. Um just do you and uh, see what happens with this relationship and keep your eyes open. So I can't guarantee that you're not going to be a reboundy, but keep your eyes open and um, just be honest with them and be honest with yourself. Okay, Em? Keep me posted. Okay. Hey, Emily. I've recently been dating this girl for about six months. We've seen each other every single day since our first date. This is my first healthy sexual relationship, hers as well. The honeymoon phase has been ending, as I've heard it would, but sex has continued to be great. It is slowing down as we don't do it as often, from three to five times a week to once, twice, uh, once, once two times a week. She is very interested in sex and has been since a very young age, unlike myself. In terms of exploring her needs, she recently, she recently shared her personal sex blog with me, and she's told me things that she's into and that she's done sexually, BDSM, anal, threesome with girls, etc. As this is my first healthy relationship, relationship and it's hers she's never dated longer than a month uh what is the best way to manage or handle or continue being sexually heightened with someone who is more so or has done a lot more than i have without having an effect on a relationship in the long term like how do i continue riding this out without having her get bored of me help please sincerely danny 26 washington dc Okay, Danny, here is the deal. Um, I love that it's both of your healthy, your first health relationships. I'm not sure what that means. I guess maybe you haven't been in a long-term relationship that was really satisfying and nurturing and it sounds like she's had a lot of sex but not in a great, great relationship. So I'm going to assume by healthy relationship, it means that you guys are communicating and that you're open with each other, which I love. So... Um, that means you guys really, there's no better time to start talking about sex than like right now. So hopefully, you know, she shared you with her sex, she shared her sex bot with you. Okay. And then you read it and now you're emailing because you're having all these insecurities come up, which I totally get. This is, this is what happens a lot of times men and women, we, we start to compare ourselves to our, you know, partner's past and future. We, we make all these assumptions about, you know, what they might want. And then we just start like thinking way too much. We just think about it and we obsess and then we like worry and then we can't get an erection. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. Um, but I'm just saying that I really um, don't think that you need to worry about how you need to ride this out and have her not get bored of you. Because you're totally like future tripping on something that we, that, that is not going to happen. Just because she's had a lot of experience does not mean that you guys can't have amazing experiences together. And in fact, you will. So, um, and this isn't like a one side job. Like you have to figure out on your own and sit and toil when you're not with her. Like, how am I going to make this exciting? Like tonight I'm going to bring some bondage and then tomorrow I'm going to bring a candle and read her erotica. This is something that you guys are going to figure out together, which is amazing because 
sounds like she's really experiential and she's in a lot of things. That's great. Like I would rather like so much rather have you now, Danny go, Oh my God, how lucky am I to this wonderful girl in a healthy relationship who's had a lot of fun experiences. And I'm excited to have these experiences with her and make our own, you know, make our own memories together. So, um, I think that's what you have to look forward to. I don't think she's going to be measuring you against, I mean, I hope not, you know, it doesn't seem like she's sharing this with you, her sexual blog with you. So you kind of maybe know what she's into or what she's done, but I'm sure that she also would like to, um, you know, keep, keep going with her journey and her exploration with you, which is why she's with you. So as long as you can get out of your head about all these things that you're worrying about and say, you know what, like babe, I read your blog and amazing that you've done all these things, but let's talk about what we're both into. And maybe you could share with her some fantasies that you have or some things that you've been wanting to try. And, um, she can, uh, do the same. Like, I don't know if you guys have even gotten to that part yet. And it's also, there's nothing wrong with sharing with her what you're sharing with me. If this is really something that you think you're going to go the distance, you can say, you know what, babe, I read your blog and I think it's amazing. And I'm thinking like, wow, how can I keep up? You know, and I'm excited to be that guy that's going to keep up. I mean, you, I'm not saying you have to hide these emotions from her. I just don't want you, you to let these cripple you and to hold you back from really moving forward with her in a healthy relationship. So I think all of these things you're writing here and all the things you're worried about, I think you have to talk to her about and then put all that energy into um, keeping it exciting because every couple is going to have to go through this, whether they have a lot of experience, not a lot of experience. Um, but it seems like, uh, she's, she's, she's someone you want to do this with. So, um, just get out of your head and, uh, start talking to her and then start having sex and then really be out of your head. Okay. Thank you. Um, Danny, thank you for writing. Okay. This is a fun show. If you've noticed, I don't have any co-host here today and this was fun. I have to say it's been, um, really cool because we've been doing more call-in shows. I'm just answering your emails and, um, we're going to see how this goes because I love doing the show. I love answering your emails. And it was great having Dr. Leia on the show. And um, thank you to my whole team. Thank you to everybody for um, following me on social media because it's super fun. I love snapping. I'm kind of obsessed, like a 12-year-old. But it's fun. You get to see what really goes on here. Uh, like producer Madison the other day um, picked my boobs out of lineup. They weren't at my actual boobs. But Maxim came out with like the nine boob types, breast types. And I was like, I have no idea what boobs. And Madison's like, you're number four. And I, I don't know how she knew that, but she was right. So we had to snap that moment. There are highlights like that on our Snapchat and Facebook. Um, but most of all, I just want to thank everyone for um, being a fan of the show, supporting the show, and um, for emailing me and trusting me with all your... Um, questions your advice and your heart so i love you all thanks for listening was it good for you email me feedback at sex with okay guys turn your volume down for the next minute I need to tell the lady something. Go ahead, trust me. It's for your own good. All right, ladies. It's just us now. And I have news for you. Your guy loves to masturbate. Hey, it's natural, healthy, and necessary. Let him know that not only are you cool with it, but that you really want him to enjoy it too. Surprise him with the number one selling toy for men, the Fleshlight. Fleshlight's toys feel so real that they are truly the next best thing. They have models created for every preference you can think of. Models that are perfect for travel, and one of our favorites, the Quick Shot. It's an open-ended sleeve that we like to call the hand job helper. And don't think your guy is the only one who will benefit from a flashlight. Their famous stamina training unit is all about helping guys learn to last longer in bed. 
This is the gift that keeps on giving. So if you really want to turn them on, turn them on with a flashlight. It'll be a surprise he won't forget. Just go to sexwithemily.com and click on the flashlight banner right now.